Florida Matters is supported by WUSF members just like you. Your donation of $5 or $25 will help ensure public radio thrives. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org match to maximize your gift today. This is Florida Matters. I'm Matthew Petty. Photojournalist Octavio Jones says his interviews with black men about mental health have struck a chord. After the interviews aired on WUSF in July, he says friends reached out to say they were going through some of the same things. WUSF worked with The Florida Courier, The Weekly Challenger and Royalty magazine to report on the complex challenges facing black Americans as they try to maintain mental health. From universal issues like depression to health inequities, racism and the legacy of Jim Crow segregation. We're revisiting the series, and later in the show, we'll talk with Jones about his reporting. We'll also hear from Florida Courier publisher Janice Griffin about some of the systemic barriers to mental health wellness that face black Americans, and black women in particular. First though, here's Jai Price, an art and music curator in St. Petersburg, who spoke with Octavio Jones about mental health. It started being a concern to me when some of my close peers would come to me for like, encouragement or motivation or advice for things that they were expressing outwardly that I was actually going through inwardly. It struck me because I didn't know that a lot of my homies, a lot of my friends, a lot of my brothers were going through these things. It's been some, it's, it's been a few years since I've been trying to just navigate and figure this out and try to relate and connect more to other black men. I notice changes within myself. I notice patterns between um, me and my dad's life as to where I feel like it was a fork in the road and he just took a direction, falling into some, some addictions that uh, he wasn't able to overcome not just my dad, but my mama as well, because I, I, I spent so much time around her knowing where these traumas come from. Uh, when it comes to physical or mental abuse, when it comes to the, the bitterness and the anger that it causes, questioning myself as to where am I, where I need to be in life or choices that I've made. And then on the outside too, just looking at the world as a whole and trying to see where I fit in. It's a wild place in there. It's, 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 it can be real scary. Looking back at it now, just understanding what my mama went through. She always said, you know, you, you understand. You understand, watch you. When you have kids, you're gonna understand. And uh, it was such a loaded statement. But I think for me, knowing that really, I'm doing the best I can with what I have. My mama did the best she could with me. My daddy had his own situations and his own things that he was trying to battle through where he couldn't be the father that I'm pretty sure deep down he wanted to be. I think fatherhood, just realizing that my kid's growing up with me and I'm still doing my own growing in certain areas. And I think they kind of see that. I feel the safest when I'm around them. I think they feel like that about me, but I think I feel safer around them than they do around me. And that's one of the few times where I can let my guard down, be 
soft, you know, sensitive, be corny. I remember one day uh, my seven-year-old say, everybody think you so cool. I think you corny. <laughs> and it made me, it made me smile and it made me feel good because I don't got to put on airs for my kids. I feel like it's tough because the pressure to perform, you know, and especially when it comes to us men, you know, ambition. It's a double-edged sword because that's the thing that drives us, but it could be a blinding light. Because I really do feel like, all in all, I feel like every, every man, but really a black man when it comes to the people that he loves and the people that he wants to love him. Deep down, we want to be superheroes. When we feel like we fall short of that, I think we, we, we internalize it more and we, and we can probably damage ourselves more with the internal conflict than anybody could. That was Jai Price, an art and music curator in St. Petersburg. That interview was produced for WUSF by independent photojournalist Octavio Jones. I talked with Jones about his interviews with Price and Harold Bryant and with Dr. S. Kent Butler, a professor of counselor education at the University of Central Florida, for the series on black mental health. Jones tells me that after he photographed a conversation about mental health at a St. Petersburg barbershop last year, he knew there were more stories that he wanted to tell about the topic. What sparked my interest now as to, you know, come back over a year later to kind of revisit that and just be as passionate about it because and over that time of doing it last year at the barbershop, you know, have friends that would, you know, that would come to me and be more forthcoming about, you know, what they're dealing with. If we're just dealing with life in general, you know, life, jobs, mm -hmm. uh, marriage, family, children. One of my best friends who, um, who approached me about a few months ago before this project started, he says, man, I'm kind of going through some things right now. You know, he's, you know, being a, he's an African-American male. We, we're, we're college roommates. And he just sort of mentioned like, hey, I, I'm, you know, I'm seeking counseling and I go to this, this the black men's circle up in Durham, North Carolina. You know, we just kind of come together and actually the setting is at a barbershop, which they have a counselor that comes there at least once a month and they kind of meet with them and they get a chance to, you know, to open up, you know, in, in that space there. So, and that's what kind of just kind of fueled the fire for me is like, hey, you know, this is mental health in general has been more open now that I think then I mean I'm no expert right but then ever before people are now more comfortable talking about it one of the men whose stories you profiled on the series or part of the series Jai Price talks a little bit about some of the things that he was hearing from friends you know he's talked about being kind of like a sounding board for some of the challenges that his friends were going through and he talks about the fact that there are so many challenges facing black men in particular and so it sounds like places like barbershops where you can let your guard down must be a bit of a rarity, right? Like there are obviously a lot of places where the guard can't be let down. I think, yeah, because I think, you know, in today's society, you know, we kind of deal with all types of, uh, you know, lingering stereotypes of black men or, you know, black men myself, which is sort of someone who may hate you, who may just kind of stereotypes you being this, you know, something that you are totally not. Right. And, um, you know, if it's, you know, dealing with a colleague on the job from another ethnic background or, or someone who may be, who may be white, who doesn't really not tolerate or kind of, you know, tolerate seeing someone of color. I mean, that's not everyone, but you always may have that one person may, uh, you know, 
you may feel some type of angst. I may feel some type of angst towards you. Mm. And that may not be directly or indirectly, or, you know, someone, sometimes that constant feeling like you're beaten. Now you have to work 10 times harder to prove yourself, right? That's always been sort of like the, the thing we have taught as, as young, as young black boys growing up, you have to prove yourself is always, you've heard that over the years that adipressing, you know, you have to work 10 times harder to prove yourself that you're not lazy. That's one stereotype that is often out there. The, the other common thing is like, you know, if you're walking down the street, right? And we talk about this all the time. If if someone who's from another color, especially is a white woman or white man, whoever, you know, the person tends to cross the street. You know, a little stuff like that, we kind of talk about that, of sometimes being perceived as feeling a, a threat to someone, which is pretty much normally not the case, mm. right? So it's like, yeah, so we kind of deal with that. And also the pressures of like having to, especially who, I'm a father myself, the pressures of like, you know, hey, most of the time, you know, black fathers are there for their children, <laughs> you know? And so there's some of the stereotypes we have to, we have to sort of beat down because, you know, of like fighting that perception, like we are as loving as anybody else, right? I can tell you that, but you know, my 15 year old daughter, as you can see, sometimes I can be overbearing as a parent. Like my dad is everywhere with me all the time. So, and I think, and I, and I, I've had these discussions with other, other fathers too. Doesn't matter, you know, black, white, Native American, Asian heritage, or, you know, from India, doesn't matter, from Africa. It's like the common thread of being a father is almost the same across the line, right? And that we all want the best for our children. Yeah. And then another topic too, friends who are from the LGBT community, you know, and I think that what is not talked about enough, especially for black men who are gay, black men who are seen as non-binary. And I talk with friends of mine who are in that group and said, they would talk to me and they said, these are more added pressures that I have to deal with. Mm. So sometimes I can't imagine like even, even being in their shoes because one of my good friends said, man, it's, it's like, they would say it's always a fight, not just because I'm um, someone of color, uh, I'm black, or, you know, they would say, well, I'm black, I'm gay, or either non-binary, and that's not talked about enough in our society, right? So, and that's what drives me to kind of, you know, I need to keep talking about this, right? This is something we need to talk about in our community, you know, and I think this should be brought to the forefront. I think folks shouldn't have to be uh, living in the shadows, per se, because... I have these things that I'm dealing with. So I think when I interviewed, you know, and I interviewed Jai, I think his his story stood out much different than when I interviewed Harold, right? Because you know, both from you know South St. Pete, but both you know had somewhat of common thread there of having loving families, but their stories is almost totally different, right? In a way, and what they experienced. What kind of feedback have you gotten since the series was produced and published? I think the feedback that I received, it was like friends of mine immediately reached out to me and said, hey, man, Harold and Jai was, they were speaking for me, right? I was like, they, they spoke for me because I'm going through that very same thing. You know, when Harold talks about, you know, the passing of his grandmother, the passing of your grandmother is like, wow, this is the, the passing of someone who's the matriarch of your family, who's the nucleus <laughs> who knows any and everything and gives you such great advice and loving and holds you accountable. And we stood out to one of my friends says, man, when, when Harold talked about his grandmother and, and losing a grandmother, he said, I felt that I felt the very same way. When Jai talks about, you know, as a family man, as having three kids. And then when he says, 
you know, black men want, they want to be Superman when they wake up in the, in the morning. And he's, he's right. You know, you kind of want to wake up in the morning and like, Hey, what can I do today to make yesterday better? Right. Yeah. What can I do today to make my life better? So when friends of mine, I see them do that and they reach out to me and they say, Hey man, I saw, I, I saw that piece. It was great. Keep doing it. Encourage me to keep telling these stories. Right. And, and that's something I would love, I would love to do. You can listen to a longer version of that interview with independent photojournalist Octavio Jones on our website, wusfnews.org. And check out Jones's photographs and his interviews with Jai Price, Harold Bryant, and Dr. S. Kent Butler about how black men approach mental health. You're listening to Florida Matters. Coming up, Florida Courier publisher Janice Griffin discusses some of the systemic barriers to mental health wellness that face black Americans and black women in particular. That's when we return. Welcome back to Florida Matters, I'm Matthew Petty. We're revisiting a series from the summer on mental health in the black community with reporting from the Florida Courier, the Weekly Challenger, Royalty Magazine, and WUSF. Black Americans face unique challenges as they try to maintain mental health, from universal issues like depression and economic stress, to health inequities, racism, and the legacy of Jim Crow segregation. Florida Courier publisher Janice Griffin says there are added challenges for women in the black community, especially for those in caregiving roles. Thank you so much for joining us, Janice. Thank you for having me, Matthew. Janice, you are one of the newsroom leaders who helped create and steer this reporting project. So I wanted to start by asking what makes now a good time to do a deep dive into mental health in the black community? I think it's such an important subject. And with COVID uh, over the last few years, uh, people dealing with a lot of uh, issues relating to the death of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others, it really has created a lot of tension, stress, and anxiety for a lot of people. So I'm really proud that I was able to be part of this initiative that was started by WSF. And it is a wonderful time for us to be really delving into this issue and to make people aware of uh, mental health issues that are happening around the country and what can be done. Are these issues that you've been covering for a long time in the Florida Courier and just in general, do you think black media has been covering it and now it's just starting to make its way into mainstream media? I think it has. Uh, Back in 2014, we did a series of stories on uh, mental health for the Florida Courier just years ago, it was even more of a stigma. People weren't talking about it. It's still a taboo in the community. You had some churches that we had talked to who were really trying to educate their uh, members about it, but it still was a lot of pushback, you know, a lot of stigma. People weren't getting the help they need, but it seems over the five last five years that really has evolved and more people are learning about it and seeking help and trying to find out how they can help their loved ones and themselves. One of the stories in the series that was produced by a Florida Courier reporter, Stephanie Clater, focused on mental health of stay-at-home mothers in the black community. What stood out for you? What stands out for you about Stephanie's reporting on this story? I think one of the main things that came out of that was one of the mothers that she interviewed talked about how she just stepped away from being this major caregiver to everybody. 
Uh, she just wanted to just focus on her life. And she had gotten to a point where she was considering suicide. So she just really needed to step back. And I believe this is a story of when she had lost her, her child and she, she went through miscarriage and she realized that, you know, she really had to get some mental health help when she started thinking about suicide. So to me, that was really an important um, point that Stephanie brought out in the story and something that really resonated with me. Uh, one of the things that one of the therapists in the story said that uh, women need to learn to give themselves some grace and how they're, they're so hard on themselves. And Black women are trying to do it all. They're taking care of the family. They're just called upon to do so much at work and at home and how just uh, being able to step back from it. Hey, sometimes the dishes won't get washed and sometimes you just can't take care of things at home and you just have to uh, step back and take care of yourself. Some of the other reporting in the series also honed in on how women in the black community address mental health and some of the race and gender stereotypes that stand in the way of mental health wellness. So what are some of those stereotypes and barriers that need to be overcome and how do you see them being challenged now? I think uh, one of the main things is strong black woman syndrome. And Dr. LaDonna Butler of The Well in St. Petersburg talked about that as well and how black women are taught to just deal with the pain that we're tough, but we can take it. And, you know, that's not true. That is so hard to deal with, to have all that weight on your shoulder, trying to be a caregiver. Most of us are taking care of some family member in some way. Like with me, a brother who is diagnosed with schizophrenia, just taking care of everything as far as the home and sick parents, uh, just a lot of things that we're called upon to do so. It really has taken a toll. What have you learned from this series? Like, I wonder if, if you've been surprised or kind of the conversations have gone in a slightly different direction than you expected in the course of the reporting that's been done uh, in the series. Actually, as a caregiver myself, I learned that I need to do more to take care of myself. And I think those who are involved in the series, even the freelancers, uh, we had some sessions that were, you know, pretty telling. Uh, we all talked about our own experiences. Uh, just about everyone has an issue dealing with a family member or depression, trying to come up with different coping skills ourselves. I believe that was one of the takeaways from that is that, you know, we work in an industry that's very difficult and so that we have to learn how to really tap into those uh, resources that are available and utilize those for ourselves as well as, you know, trying to help other people. Well, Janice Griffin, publisher of the Florida Courier, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. And that's Florida Matters for this week. You can find us online at wusfnews.org or via Facebook or Twitter. Search for Florida Matters. Denora Prevost is our producer. I'm Matthew Petty. Thanks for listening. <laughs>